0: The Lord Jesus says that we should treat others how we want to be treated. Uh, we know this. We've been taught this. We we're raised this way. Now, don't talk to this person that way. Why? You would never want to talk to the person that way because you wouldn't want them to, and you can fill in the blank, feel bad, have less worth, um, be criticized, in those types of ways. So we understand in a uh, a setting that we're in that, there are consequences to how we act towards other people. Well, today we're going to talk about the talking aspect. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Listen to what the Bible teaches. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We need to be careful in how we use our mouth, in what words we are saying and how we are saying them. They could be destructive they could be loving, they could be caring, they could be a host of different things, but we need to be careful how we say things um, to other people. I want you to think about this. How shall we talk as Christians? When thinking about that, look at Colossians chapter three verses eight through 10. This is after somebody has become a Christian, here's the very first thing that we're supposed to do. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. And so your life as a Christian is to put off anger, to put off wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. So that means as a Christian, we need to be careful how we talk, that we're not talking to people with angry tone, that we're not talking to people in a way to have wrath or to be in blasphemy and one that we have a lot of trouble with is filthy language out of our mouth. And that is because of our society. Our society uh, finds it very well and good to be cursing and using filthy language and those types of things. Whereas the Christian is not to do that. Now, if we're to look at this list and we're to be honest, then we can see that the first thing, anger, is our problem. And the last thing, filthy language, is another one of our problems. These are the major two problems that we're seeing um, in our society and in the church. But let's read a little further. It says, do not lie to one another because every single one of us deserves honesty towards each other. Because Christ was honest with us and in God there was found no lie. Therefore, we are to live up to that example. So do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds Once you've become a Christian, there's no need to lie anymore. God has forgiven you for the lies. But a problem that we have in our Christianity is that we can't forget the past. When Paul says, I have forgotten everything that was behind me and look forward to the future. We cannot help what happened yesterday. Now, however this, however you've been speaking, that was yesterday. Forget it. Do you see how that works? Today is a new day. If we dwell in the past, we'll never get past these types of things. So we've got to live every day for the day. Because yesterday is gone. So don't lie to one another since you've put off these deeds of the old man. And you put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created him. You're renewed in knowledge. That means... We're smarter now Uh, when you're raising your children or when your parents raised you, they've raised you to be smart. My parents used to tell me, I don't know how you act so dumb. I didn't raise you to be dumb. You're supposed to be smart. I can't believe you said this to that person. Why would you say that to him? Would you like it if they were to hurt your feelings? That's not a very smart thing to do. So we hear this kind of understanding in our life being raised by our parents. But where do our parents get it from? Here you go. We get it from God the Father and the teaching. Now, why are we worried about how we talk? Because our tongue is dangerous. That's why. Look at James 3, verses 3 through 6. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. You see, sometimes we act like humans are horses. I'm going to make you do what I want you to do. And I'm going to make you say what I want you to say. And I'm going to ride this horse and I'm going to be the master. And guess what? You will break. This is how we treat our family uh, a lot of the times. And when we're thinking about that. Is that something we want to be doing? Do we want to be making ourselves the conqueror and, and bringing the other person into subjection? But look what it says. Indeed we put bits in horses' mouths and they may obey us that they may obey us and we turn their whole body Look also at ships although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds and they turned by a very, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires One of the beautiful things about the English language is that it's very persuasive there is no lack of words that are at your disposal to manipulate, to, to deceive, to, uh, encourage, to propose a thought, to implement things. The English language that we use is much like what's described here. With a very small word, we can turn an entire conversation. We can turn an entire, um, uh, characteristic of whatever it is, a relationship between a father and a son, a mother and a daughter. And what about the members of the church? One thing said wrong can steer everybody in a wrong direction. Even so, verse 5, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It's powerful. Now, you remember, I want to take you back to grade school. Do you remember the first time somebody hurt your feelings? Right? I see some people going, you never forget how that felt that first time. And then you put up guards. And then your guards are to talk back. Well, what are you using? Words. So words are powerful. They can make people feel a certain way. They can kindle fires like the Bible says here. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. It's a, it's a very hard thing to tame. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. So the idea that when we speak roughly to people, when we are controlling our voice, we're not controlling our tones, we're not controlling what comes out of our mouth. We're in dangerous waters and it's set on fire by all things unholy. And so we need to be careful how we, how we talk to people. We want people to talk to us the way we want to be talked to. Here's the great thing. We as Christians, and even if you're not a Christian, you can control your speech. Everyone has free will. Look at 1 Peter 3 and verse 10. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Just be nice to people. You want to live good? You want to have good relationships? Do you want it to go both ways? You just be nice to people and refrain your tongue from evil. You see, we have a choice every time we talk to people at work, to people at school, to our family. We have a choice whether or not we're going to speak harshly, whether or not we're going to condemn, whether or not we're going to put down with with ugly language, all these things are at our disposal. You hold the key to the way conversations are going. So, for me and my sister, she would call me so many things. I'm not going to tell you because she's going to watch this. But she would call me so many things. And now that I'm older and I look at it, I'm like, she was evil. Just seeing if y'all were awake. okay? But we got to have this understanding that it, it, we can refrain you see, it's, it's us. It's our ability to refrain from speaking this way. 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Look at what he's saying. I do that. I bring my body into subjection. I'm the one that's in control of my body. I tell it what to do. I don't let it, the body, run my life. And a part of that is the mouth. I can control my mouth and tell it when to be quiet. I can tell it when to speak, how to speak, who to speak to. You see, we control it. It's when we let our emotions get the best of us where we feel like we don't have any control. I can't take this no more. I can't believe it. You know what you are. But who's really saying that? Your emotions. You need to be able to control them. But I discipline my body. And bring it into subjection, lest, while I have preached to others, I myself should find myself disqualified. We don't want to find ourselves in a situation where we're in a bad place with Christ. Colossians 4 and verse 6, look at what the Bible says. Let your speech always be with grace. All right. Now, you know those people that you've met. And they're always so nice. And sometimes you refer to them as Southern Bells. Right, They're always so nice. They're always smiling. They're always talking, giving their best, being so kind and cordial to others. Why does that look and feel so right? That's why. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. We would tell our children, don't talk that way. You need to be a gentleman. We open the doors for women. We tell them, excuse me, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Pardon me, ma'am. You, we, we are respectful. And the same thing for, for young ladies. How do we raise them? That's not how a young lady is supposed to act. Act like a woman. Do this thing right. It's because that's the graceful way to do things. Seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer. Look what it says. Each other. Because speech goes both ways. And so how are we talking? How are we talking to our brethren How are we talking to our coworkers? How are we talking to those that we love? Are we being graceful? Are we talking to those people we love the same way you would talk to a stranger? If your answer is no, you just need to reevaluate. And here's the best part about that. And I started off with this. What happened yesterday is gone. You start today. You see? You need to be able to forgive your past, to forget the way you were doing things, how you are communicating and start by saying, you know what, today we're going to use grace and speak to one another with loving kindness, how we want to be spoken to. Listening is the key. This is the hardest thing to do, um, especially in in america that we live because when somebody's telling you something you know what most people are doing yeah yeah okay that's point one okay point two point keep talking keep talking okay but you know what and they didn't hear anything you said they only have their refutation coming you see you're not really listening you're listening to react and christianity is not about listening to react christ already reacted for us He's given us the example for us to know how to handle ourselves in these situations. So we are to listen. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Look what it says. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Here's a key that we miss. It's okay if somebody says, you know what, I need to talk to you. And this is what's going on. In your mind, you may be going, oh boy, here it comes again. And that's okay. That's human nature. But you know what you can do? Is say, here it comes. Okay, I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to say anything. And just listen. Be slow to speak. Sometimes people just want to speak to be heard. You see? And sometimes just hearing will make things better. And sometimes on our side, being slow to speak is going to make things slow to wrath. See, if you don't listen good and you're all talk, you're going to achieve the wrath. If you are all good at speaking, but not good at hearing, you're going to make people angry. And if you are all filled up in wrath, there's no way you're going to speak with grace or hear swiftly. So we've got to master the first part is listening. Proverbs 16 and verse 24. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Doesn't it feel good when somebody compliments you or when your loved one tells you, listen, I love you. I'm sorry. Or or whatever the case may be. We know what it feels like to have those pleasant words make us feel good about ourselves. And and that's the way we should be supportive of one another in a Christian setting as brothers and sisters, always promoting sweetness to the soul and health of the bones. How? Being graceful with our speech. Being swift to hear and being calm and diffusing situations, loving one another and promoting healthy relationships. But it all comes down to the heart. Why do we have problems? Well, it's what we're putting in. It's what we're putting in or it's what we're thinking we're supposed to get out, not being realistic. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When I was 18, when this is what I don't even know what year. 90 something early 90s man somewhere around there when i was 18 one of my friends told me what are you going to do buy some cigarettes lottery ticket because you're 18 and now you can buy those things and i said well i'm not going to smoke that's i'm not buying that but you know what i think i'll buy a lottery ticket i bought a lottery ticket and the person at this grocery store called weaver's great grocery store he said what do you think you're going to win i said, "Yeah." I'm going to win. I'm going to get lucky. And I gave that dollar. I wasn't a Christian by then, so don't be looking at me like I was gambling. <laughs> I wasn't a Christian, and, I, and I, I scratched it off. And my outcome was, I'm going to win. And I put it there, and I lost. So the next day, you know what I did? I'm buying two. Because I didn't have enough chance then. I'm going to scratch it off, scratch it off, and I, and I lost and lost. I said, this isn't fair. I need to win. This is, this is my, my expectation is to win. And never have to work a day in my life. Isn't that all of our expectation when we think about the lottery? Right? So then I go and I start getting angry. And then I started noticing it's been a month. I've been playing this lottery almost every day. I'm angry. Why? Because my idea of the outcome is not happening. Think about your life. Uh, The outcome I should be having with my child is this. This is what I expect. And yet you can scratch that card all day long and not get that result that may not be the outcome that's going to come you've got to be understanding i'm going to lose 99.999999999 times before i win that's our conversation our speech with people we, we, we know what we want but we may not get that outcome which means what you have to compromise you have to be willing to lose to win Do you understand what I mean by that? You have to be willing to lose to win. You cannot win all the time. Why? Because not everybody has their mind in the right spot. Look what he says. Bro to vipers. How can you, being evil, speak good things? So your actions are evil, but you're trying to speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in the heart is what's going to come out. But guess what? You can control what comes in the heart. So a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. I want to take this out of the day of judgment for a moment, and just so we can apply it. Uh, in a different way to us for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned how you speak is what you get back how you treat people is what you get back you are either going to be justified by speaking good and being compromising and and losing some wars to achieve the ideals or you're going to be condemned because you have no room in your heart for compromise this happens every day in our life. You think about it now. You've seen people walk around in the stores. There's people with no mask, and people are looking. Have you ever noticed the ones now with no mask are walking around like this? Looking everywhere? Because they're on guard. They're waiting for somebody to say, Why don't you have your mask? Let me tell you why I don't have it. We've seen it. It's when you're on edge, and being on edge is not a good place to be, and that's the environment that we're in in our society, in the church, in our relationships. When we're on edge, it is not good. And so we need to be thinking, what do I need to put into my heart to change that aspect? So we need to be careful how we talk. Proverbs 12 and verse 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You've argued with your family, right? Sometimes it hurts. Proverbs 15 and verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Listen, if it's righteous, the easy way to do this and so we can have better uh, talk, better speech and promote better living is just to be a yes person. Just be a yes person. If it's not against what God has given. You know, I think I want to watch this movie. Yes. What do you want to eat? Whatever you want to eat. Okay. and then if, if you say that and the person says, let's eat at Chili's. Well, I really don't want to eat that. Okay, where do you want to eat then? Yes. What do you want to do today? I'd like to go to the park and You know what? Yes. You see how that works? You be a yes person, and then when you need a yes, guess what's coming? A yes. Alright? 15 and verse 4. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. So if we're haughty towards people, angry towards people, we get crushed in spirit, and then we get uh, emotionally down. And then what happens? We see no hope. Why? Because we couldn't control our tongue. We couldn't see what was before us. We couldn't understand uh, how, to, how to lose to win. We couldn't understand all these things. But guess what? Now you're crushed in spirit. That's not a good place to be. We can get that way easily at work. I'm crushed why i'm not getting promotions and uh, people are treating me horrible uh, these people are, are verbally abusing me in school everyone's bullying me they're doing this they're talking all this noise someone called my mom ugly we go through all these things in life and we get our spirits crushed and then then we don't know how to react towards people so we need to start right to end right proverbs 16 through 24 the hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction Now let me add this. Not instruction like you're on the horse with the bit. I'm telling you, this is the way it's gonna go, and that's the way I want it, and if I don't get it this way, it's not gonna be good for me, and not for you either. Now, whichever way that goes, right? Look what it says. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. The instruction they would promote is This is the way I see things, this is the way I would like for things. You see how you instruct? And that goes in all aspects of our lives. Gracious words are a honeycomb and sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So when we instruct people, we're instructing people how we would want to be treated. And it goes back to how I started the sermon. How are we talking? What's the golden rule? You treat others how you want to be treated. You're gracious to them. They are gracious to you. We need to love life and speak good. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. That's how we love life. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, 26 through 29. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what that means? Don't leave a situation angry. You've heard it like this. Don't go to bed angry. What if you're not married? Don't leave the situation angry. You see, if you're in a bad situation with somebody, you don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You get yourself into subjection. You control yourself. You don't want to give place for the devil. Because that's what the devil wants. The devil wants for you to stay angry. Because when he's ang- when you're angry, he's divisive. People's spirits get broken. You speak horribly. You're forgetting the kind words and how you want to be treated. And when that is going on, it's a tornado effect of deceit, deception, and destruction. And that's what the devil wants. But God has given us instruction to do it a different way. Let him who steals, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Here's what we want to get to. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good and necessary for what? Edification. That it may impart grace to the hearers. You see how that works? If you let the devil into your wrath, into your anger, and you're not able to forgive and forget and do all that, it's going to be bad. But look what he says. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. This is what comes out of your mouth. But what is good and necessary for edification, I want to be lifted up. I want to be told I'm good. I want to be told I am appreciated. I am respected. I am loved. That's what edification sounds like. That what? That it may impart grace. Do you remember the southern bell we talked about? The gentleman we talked about? That's what we want in our life. I want to be a gentleman to everyone I come into contact with because that's the Christian thing to do. And that's how I want to be treated when they talk to me back. And that, this doesn't only work outside in, in your workplace and, whoops, you see, in your workplace and other places. This is in your family life also. We got to speak good things. Look at Proverbs 8, 6 through 8. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips will come the right things. You see, we have an understanding of what the right thing to say is and how to act. You see, we know how to do it. But the problem is, we forget because we have let the sun come down on our wrath. and We go to bed with that. And then we're broken in spirit. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words out of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. So you got to be good. You got to be good to each other. You got to be guarded. Proverbs 10 and verse 8 The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. Now listen, God has told us the way to do it. And the wise person will just say, you know what? That's the right way to do it. I'm going to be edifying. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to speak the way I want to be spoken to. I'm going to give grace where grace is needed. I'm going to forgive where I need to forgive. And I'm going to forget about yesterday because I don't want to fall. But if I let those things control my life, some things that are out of my control, I can't control somebody else. I can, I can be happy for myself, but I can't control other people. I don't want to be a fool. Proverbs 13 and verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. You see that? What did your mother used to tell you? My mother used to say, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And that was usually directed when I was responding to my sister when she was being evil to me. She would say, if you don't have nothing nice to say, Justin, don't say nothing at all. But what do we forget? That very principle. We forget that principle. With those that are closest to us. And that is the, I guess, disheartening uh, problem that we see today in, in all of our families. Is that we forget that principle, hey, if you don't have nothing nice to say, just don't say nothing. And if somebody bugs you, no, tell me. I want you to tell me. I don't want to say nothing. No, tell me. Are you going to tell me? I can't take this. You need to tell me. We have people like that in our families, right? And what are you going to say? You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. You can tell me what you want to tell me, but I'm not going to respond because I think it's going to do more damage than good. So go ahead and tell me if that's what you need to do to get it off your chest. And then be quiet, slow to speak. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. You talk too much. Sometimes you can talk yourself out of a good thing. Sometimes the best thing to do is to take your blessings and be quiet. Right? We need to be remembering that. Here's your conclusion. You need to guard yourself. Um, Our tongue is the most powerful member we have in our body. With it, we can bring death. We can bring life. We can bring edification. We can bring people down. We have so much power in our words. Um, and, And that's the way it is because the Bible has taught us for many years... That words are powerful. And by words we can be saved, we can be lost. We can, So when we speak words, we're speaking as in the character of the Creator. For we were created in His likeness. Genesis 1.26 Let's make Him in our image. With the ability to think, to reason, to speak, to communicate. With that comes power. And comes great responsibility. Proverbs 11 and verse 17 Those who are kind Look what it says. Benefit themselves. Wanna be happy? Be kind to people. Be kind to those who are closest to you. Why? Because it's going to benefit you. That's why. But the cruel bring ruin upon themselves. And sometimes we can be in a situation that we don't even realize that's really what we're being right now is cruel. But God says don't be that way. Proverbs twenty one and verse twenty three. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul. From troubles. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it. I think what I'm trying to get at with our sermon this morning is the idea that we're in control of how we treat others and what we speak. And we're in control of being benefited by how we speak. We're in control of our bodies to bring them under subjection, to, to actually control our mouth and say, no, I just won't say it or I will say it, God has given us free will. And with that is great responsibility. And we need to be thankful and careful with how we treat others, how we speak to ourselves, and overall, the golden rule. That's what we need to keep in mind in controlling our, our, our speech. If anybody has any need this morning whether to put on Christ and baptism, to repent from sins, to be added to the church, to obey the Gospel... Or if you have any need for prayers of any kind, come forward as we stand and as we sing.